0: Thank you.
1: How's it going everybody? This is Chris And it is Black Friday in America And I figured Maybe I could do a little bit of a synergistic Sort of thing here by talking about A group of books That uh, when I was growing up in the 90's Um All the kids wearing black clothes wouldn't shut up about these books So Black Friday, Black Clothes uh, I'm trying I'm trying In reality I'm just trying to make it So I don't have to record an entire new program On Thanksgiving Day And also, pass the savings on to everyone else here by giving some new-to-most content in the final compilation of the Sandman Universe gatherings here. This is episode 8 of 8. This is the final one, and uh, today you're going to be able to hear Reggie and I discuss uh, four uh, Sandman Universe titles. And these were all originally aired in segment form during the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. Uh, first, you're going to hear us talk about Books of Magic, Volume Three, Number Seven, which first appeared on Weird Science Episode Two Twenty Five, and that aired on April Twenty Eighth, Twenty Nineteen. From there to the Dreaming, Volume Two, Number Nine, which was on Episode Two Twenty Six of Weird Science, which aired on Febru—I'm sorry, May Fifth, Twenty Nineteen. Then House of Wisp is number 9, which aired on episode 227 of Weird Science, and that aired on May 12th, 2019. And then we wrap up this entire program, this entire compilation endeavor, with Lucifer, volume 3, number 8. And that one first appeared on episode 228 of the Weird Science DC Comics podcast, and aired on May 19th, 2019. Um... This is it. So I I hope everybody's enjoyed this little uh, trip back into the past, uh, hearing a familiar voice, and uh, I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday. So that's where I'll leave it for today. I'll send it over to the music and the segments. I, I hope you all enjoy. Thank you so much. See ya.
0: to the sad Man universe segment on the weird science dc comics.com podcast my name is reggie my name is chris and we have a one a magical book what book is that chris
1: that magical book is a book of magic and it's hey. the seventh issue of books of magic. And, uh, the title is uh, probably the most clever part of the book. And it is, uh, over the river and through the world it's, uh, <laughs> by Cat Howard, Dom Fowler, Brian, Chirilla, Churilla, Churilla, Churia, maybe uh, oh, Jordan yeah. Boyd and Todd clean or Klein. Um, uh, now we open with, uh, in, in my opinion, a very wasteful, a I few pa- so, pages yeah. of, uh, newspaper headlines. Uh, Basically, it's three or four pages uh, where one full page is a newspaper headline. Then it's like uh, three quarters of the page and then mm. half a page. It's just ridiculous. But uh, we open with several pages of newspaper headlines, and they mention the pair of recent tragedies to have occurred at Tim Hunter's school. Now, those tragedies are the death of Professor Skull-in-a-Box Brisby. And the kidnapping of Ellie, that chick, Tim Diggs, (laughs) Jones.
0: Thanks very much for the clarification.
1: Yes. (laughs) Now, there were detectives questioning members of the faculty and students, and they learned that Brisby, he has no enemies to speak of, uh, and he was particularly close with a student named Tim Hunter. Uh, we learn here that Dr. Rose took over Brisby's position, which I'm not sure if it was ever clearly stated. Before.
0: I didn't. I didn't realize that. I thought they to be were contemporaries. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I, I, she was there already. She was. Yeah. So, but all right, whatever. So she now has his class. That's fine. Sure.
1: Uh, now, when they ask about Ellie, they learn that she too was very close with. Tim Hunter, Uh, more like Tim is really into her, what are you going (laughs) to do? Now, the detectives reconnoiter later on a park bench somewhere, and uh, they both find it strange that Tim Hunter, that kid whose name has come up a few times that day, wasn't actually around all day. And uh, we know why, it's because he and Rose, Dr. Rose, are out searching for Ellie.
0: That's right, we catch up with them as they're opening some strange interdimensional doors. Uh, Actually, Tim's trying to slam one shut before a demon breaks out They're having trouble here Turns out Rose can see or sense the doors to other places in the mundane world According to her, Tim's owl Yo-Yo also has that same power And would actually come in handy during the search They head in the park to get the bird, only to find that Yo-Yo and Hetty are gone Dr. Rose spies another door, and she's sure this is the right one as she goes to open it, that creepy librarian consents they're getting close, so he slams shut a book on his desk. That's presumably the one that he zapped Ellie into, the, you know, and that uh, two issues ago? Or was that last, last issue? I, I, one of those issues. One of those. So a recent <laughs> issue, uh, Dr. Rose and Tim push open the door against the librarian holding that book shut, so this will probably be the right door then, I have a feeling. Yes.
1: Now the librarian somehow manages to send Tim and Rose elsewhere. They, you know, they're slammed in this book kind of sorta <laughs> and they fall through space and then they land in Fairy, mm. Which is the name of a place and not a person That's right uh, Now uh, Tim's mind suddenly races with visions Which uh, may or may not be familiar To the more well read Books of Magic fans among us uh, To me they were brand new mm. uh, Now Rose tells Tim where they are And she reveals that this actually isn't his first visit to Fairy. And they walk and they talk And Rose tells him that she was actually with him The last time he was here And that she doesn't know how or why they wound up here this time. She also doesn't know if any of this has anything to do with Ellie. And so they search out for a sort of kind of scrying dish, like they did last issue or a couple issues ago, to find some answers. And they find a tiny round pond, which they figure ought to do the trick.
0: They should just carry like a frisbee around and then fill that with water. you got your portal, have a scrying dish whenever you want. Uh, Tim looks into this pond, sees his reflection And the reflection suddenly becomes kind of sinister Sort of smirking and smiling at him But it stands up, still smiling at him And it doesn't seem like Dr. Rose can see any of this Rose convinces Tim to rest And they'll continue their search the following day Tim has a nightmare about the scrawling dish doppelganger And wakes up in a panic
1: Yes, and then the pair are descended upon by some... uh... Yeah, kind of cute talking insects.
0: <laughs> right? yeah, bit. Uh,
1: <laughs> now they claim that Tim and Rose will be going to see the lady Now Tim ain't digging that But Rose gives the thumbs up Because she knows that the lady, Titania Isn't one they want to be on the bad side of So they better uh, act accordingly uh, They are guided to a palace And they're introduced to Titania And she is very happy to see Tim And claims that she has
0: missed him so and that's how the never-ending story And, no, I'm sorry mm-hmm. That was a different thing altogether <laughs> If only uh, It was, uh, <laughs> uh, you know This issue had had things in it I liked uh, What did you think about it?
1: You know, I, I don't know who this Titania is And it was only after doing some post-read research That I found out that she was a thing that existed yeah. Before this And, uh but as for a... Because, you know, it's, it's the last panel is her saying she's missed him. And I think that's supposed to be like a oh, reveal. Yeah. I didn't care. I don't know who this is.
0: I mean, you gotta I mean got to do
1: a little the, bit better than that.
0: The, you know, mystery for at least us is, is, you know, in what capacity was he here before? What happened? And all of that hopefully will come to be revealed. But I, I am getting the impression that this is sort of a... Uh, remember the first volume and we don't, yeah. A callback. <laughs> uh, we don't remember the first volume. Sorry, we did not read the uh... when
1: I first saw it, I assumed I'm like, okay, maybe is could that be Tim's mother, right? You know, but I, I don't think it is since we know that this is a, a character that you know precedes this uh volume, but uh, you know, I, I didn't think it was going to be this easy to like solve the the riddle of Ellie Jones or whatever her name is, yeah, but uh. Uh, you know, I knew there'd be some detours. I knew there'd be some sort of roadblocks getting in our way. I just hope this one doesn't last six issues.
0: Well, you know, we'll see about these uh, <laughs> whether these things last.ing Six issues is going to be a concern of ours. Mm. Uh, that that also might be why this is sort of happening in a very neat way. Very, you know, things have sort True. of moved along, falling but, into place. But yeah. we don't know uh, exactly. You know, I liked. You know, I liked a lot of the visuals as usual. And I like that I felt like there was more happening in this issue than in some previous ones. Sure. Uh, but it still did kind of tread water, and I definitely got the impression that there was allusions to things that we didn't know about. You know, it's it's to, to reward a reader or to uh, allude to things that a long-term reader will know about is not a bad thing, but no. to hinge your cliffhanger on it. Yeah. It's kind of—and— and, and Believe me, this is you know this is a problem. We could list comics all day long that 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 commit sure. the same the same sin. So this isn't uh, unique to books of magic by any means, but uh, this does feel like a couple of times we've gotten this kind of like, and you know the, the mystery person is this person that you still don't know who they are. If you're new to the yeah. series, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, I I kind of dig the trappings of it. I kind of like them being in a different place, uh, outside of the mundane world or whatever the uh, third dimensional world. I definitely thought that opening thing with the with the newspaper headlines was a total Wasteful. waste. Waste. Yeah. I mean, it just it was blatant as far as I was concerned. Totally uh, useless. I wouldn't even, I don't even know if those pages were drawn or just typeset. Quite frankly, yeah, maybe.
1: they might as well have just like photocopied a dollar bill on it.
0: It's true. It's like, uh, there you go. This is a buck. You know, an opening with headlines isn't bad, but those used to be in a panel as opposed to a page or a, a page. half a page. Yeah. Uh, this, it's, this isn't a Superman's dead
1: type no. scenario here <laughs> that we
0: need that, but uh, yeah. So uh, you know, I really, I really am. I'm, I'm of a mind of this book, Chris, that like. It's not bad, where you know. No, I, certainly not. I, I don't think it's badly put together. It's it's a well produced book, but I can't think of anyone I would recommend this book to. You know, uh,
1: at least not in the singles. No,
0: not yeah. Well, I, we'll have to see as as it reads all together because the the first arc or however wrapped up pretty well when we got all of our answers finally, uh, and maybe that's the trick to the rhythm of this book is it doesn't have a single issue rhythm. Another Mm. sin that is not unique to uh, this series, by the way, folks. (laughs) Uh, But maybe that's exactly what it is. But the single issues, I really, I can't think, you know, including people I know that are Sandman fans, fans of, you know, dark books or, you know, magic comics and stuff. This doesn't really hit all the the notes that I would want it to on a regular basis. And uh, it it really just kind of leaves me feeling, eh, is that a that's good, is that the size a good of it. That's explanation that's of anything. the size
1: of it. Yeah, that, uh, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice tired sigh. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I get well, from this one.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I almost, I almost wish we'd get more animated and angry at it, but I really don't. I just don't feel that way. It's like, hey, no. you know, I hope it, no. I hope it works for some people. There are, you know, many people out there in the world, and maybe this is for younger folks or uh, something like that. But I just feel like there's not a ton. Happening uh, just to to totally keep my interest on it on a regular basis, yeah, especially
1: uh, for four bucks in a four bucks a pop
0: that is... has a lot that has quite a bit to yeah. do with it I'll be honest with you, but you know, not only, you know that's uh, I like for example. There are some other books that will remain unnamed that, that cost $4 that I would be happy to tell you is a, is a ripoff, you know what I mean, yes. that they're basically pilfering your, your book. Bu- I don't feel like this is a ripoff in the sense that, like, yeah, it's the read is kind of quick, but the artwork is really cool, you know what I mean, sure. and you really get into it. Of course I want it to be a buck cheaper. I want everything in the world to be a buck cheaper, you know what I mean? It's nothing mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to pay less for, but this doesn't feel like a real— uh, just like anger you know, making me furious at the end of it, where I'm like, I can't believe they want to charge this much for this. For example, another book that came out this week on the DC book side, they they want to charge money for that. I was much much more unhappy with. Uh, hmm. I'll be talking about that on the main podcast segment. You'll 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 hear all about it, I'm sure. Uh, but anyway, uh, so what'd you give this on the site, Chris?
1: I gave this a seven out of ten.
0: Yeah. Which is you know a nice like uh, a positive mediocre. It's an point. average, yeah. I think I really feel like I want to go down six point five on this. I'm I'm kind of in the same place. It's just uh, it's just the fact that I'm I really just searching my mind. Like, can I think of anyone that would get excited about this? It's not like I know so many people in the world that I would have. I mean, like,
1: even like Harry Potter fans, would they get anything out of I this guess, or would they just punch you in the face? I, mean, I don't, I don't think know. They
0: would. I, I really, you know, there just isn't enough meat here for them to, for anyone to like grab no. onto. But you're right, in trade installments, it might, it might be a different story altogether. Yeah. So uh, that doesn't help us at all. Uh, next...
1: <laughs> it certainly doesn't.
0: Next week, we do definitely have The Dream in number nine, which actually mm-hmm. starts a brand new arc. Well, I don't know about brand new, but it starts a new arc. Uh, those last two issues were like That was like a little aside A thing that happened so uh, we'll, we'll be back in the dreaming And according to the cover I haven't looked inside the book yet but We will see the baby face moth again So uh oh That'll be nice for Chris I know you like to see that thing. It's
1: the first thing I see when I wake up And the last thing I see before I go to bed
0: Yeah exactly <laughs> uh, So I think that's all we got From this week Chris got anything else for him Nah no, it'll do it well, until next time folks, I want you to keep it to Jeremy. See ya. Segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast My name is Reggie My name is Chris And this week we have the flagship book to read today uh, The <laughs> Dreaming number nine Story is titled The Void by Simon Spurrier Bilquis Evely. The lovely Bilquis Eveli. Actually, I have no idea what she looks like but her art is very lovely yeah. And uh, Matt Lopez So let's hop back into the Dreaming And see how things are going on in there Dora is having a crisis of conscience. She's the one with the feather ears that eats everything. Uh, she asked the Creepy Moth doll head to bring Lucian back. Uh, that's the librarian, the Dreaming's librarian. She left him in between dimensions a few issues back, if you remember that. Uh, mm-hmm. Abel also wants Creepy Moth to find out who killed his brother, Cain. And Mervyn wants his original janitorial staff returned to him. And Eve says her cave is ticking like a clock. And Creepy Moth has had it with these demands. Problem is, Creepy Moth doesn't know what or where it is. And I gotta say, well, they the club. Mm-hmm. So it takes off to do some looking around. Then, almost as quickly as it left, Creepy Moth returns to ask Dora to have a conversation in between dimensions. There, some kind of fungus is growing like an oyster forming a pearl in reaction to getting sand and grit in its face. Uh, the sand, in this case, is one of Daniel Dream's bloody fingernails. Yes. Gross. Creepy moth.
1: Con- <laughs> it was pretty gross. Yes. <laughs> uh, creepy moth concurs with the general agreement that they gotta find Daniel in order to put things right. So, creepy moth tasks uh, Dora and Matthew to use a Baku to find Daniel across dimensions. Now, the Baku, I think we saw this in a few issues uh, we did, yeah. early, way early on. Uh, now, that's that dream eating canine monster that killed Asagi several issues ago. Uh, now, it's kind of like a bloodhound, and Dora rides it as though, she, as though it was Battle Cat from He Man and the Masters of the Universe. And they're, <laughs> they're diving through portals, and yep. it's all good. Now, eventually, they wind up in the land of. Hey, wait a second. We were here last week. That... Fairy. Huh.
0: We were just there, you're
1: right, yeah. Yeah. And there they meet up with are we say Nala? Naula?
0: No, sure. Either I don't know, Nola. Nola sounds Nala? like what New Yorkers would say though. So it probably is Nala, yeah. <laughs> we'll say Nola then. Alright.
1: Uh, now <laughs> she's a. Uh... now Nola is from the original Sandman series, not that I would know, and she was Morpheus' girlfriend for a time. Now she tells a story of when Daniel came to visit their queen, who we met in the books of magic last week, Titania. Uh, while Dora looks everywhere for something to
0: eat. That's sort of her bag. That's her uh, deal. So it seems Daniel, who looks like Mick Jagger after a weekend bender, did so did come crawling around. He was very weak from having been tattooed and separated from the Endless, which we learned about the previous two issues. That was the story Rose Walker told Gross, to uh, yeah. uh, Lucian in the hospital. Uh, Titania offers him some food and drink, but he knows better than to take gifts from a fairy. So Daniel has to go do some stuff And wondered if Titania would look after some of his trinkets while he's away He's got a scratched coin The liver of a seabird A length of thread A plastic toy duck A crumpled photograph A sim card A book of ancient riddles And a badge depicting a pooping cat In a cat box Uh, Daniel doesn't remember what these things are or why they're important But he wants Titania to hang on to them anyway Bound by the laws of fairy etiquette, she agrees.
1: When Daniel takes off, Titania asks Nala or Nola what the toy duck is all about. Titania is a cruel queen, but everyone tolerates her because she knows their true names. And this is a problem in the paranormal
0: world. Demons, you can't know their true names. Fairies, apparently. Mm. They all got secret names. I don't know what that's That's, about.
1: Their power name Uh, So uh, Nola says she is compelled to be Truthful when she says that the toy duck Is the fire opal Which is a jewel full of dreaming Power and there are 12 of them But this is the last it has been transformed Into a toy duck in order to throw off Speculators
0: but what about the toy Duck collectors did you think nobody ever thinks About them they'll come come looking around Yeah Uh, knowing what it Is now Titania wants the toy duck But she can't take it without breaking That fairy etiquette just then Daniel comes back to her court looking worse than ever and he needs to go do some other stuff but now he's physically and financially broken. Finance in this case would be a matter of power. That would be the uh money they're brokering in. So Titania suggests that Daniel sell her his items and when he's done getting his tattoo removed, he can buy it back. He's very grateful that Titania would take such a loss breaking normal fairy protocol. He agrees and takes some of that fairy juice with him when he goes off to do Something, we don't know what hmm. uh, Whatever it was he took from Titania Though we know is was shaped like an egg
1: Yes, but uh, Nola reveals to Dora and Matthew That the toy duck was never the fire opal So Daniel pulled a, sh- a switcheroo On old Titania uh, And she's figured out the ruse and is coming To get Nola uh, The scene of her tearing through the forest with all those monsters And uh, fairies behind her is pretty Wild yeah, to see I liked it uh, Yeah, and uh, Dora does eat something, incidentally, and against Matthew's protests, uh, but doesn't seem to have an effect.
0: Yeah, later after all this, Nola says—well, not after it, but she says that it didn't touch her sides. Like, she ate it, and the food didn't even go down her gullet, so—
1: Nothing but net.
0: Something something tells me that's going to be important later on. (laughs) Uh, Daniel, though, Daniel Dream, did give Nola two things. One was his sympathy, which she wove into a strand of thread— and now Dora and Matthew can use that to track down Daniel through dimensions. The other thing she got was Titania's true name, which would be revealed to us. Except just then, Dora, Matthew, and Baku slipped out the back door, and that's it. They they left fairy. We don't know how that all ended over there. Uh, back in the dreaming, there's about two pages where Abel has a very unsettling conversation with Creepy Moth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gist of it is that Creepy Moth knows that Abel killed his own brother, but also was going through. It's own problems I, It's hard to, It was hard to explain So I didn't really try to do it any justice Or yeah. injustice as the case may be <laughs> uh, But on the last page Dora and Matthew wind up In a new dimension Facing a gigantic blind man Astride a gigantic bear mm-hmm. So From my perspective Chris is a Sandman fan I got a lot out of this I really love to see Nala I love the story uh, it was very much like other stories from Sandman of deals brokered in fairy, although usually uh, Titania came out ahead. Although I think Sandman pulled a a, a, a switcheroo on her also back then, okay. uh, which is sort of how these fairy tales go, aren't they? You know, sure. someone's got to bilk somebody. Um, <laughs> I loved seeing Bilk was Evely speaking of bilking. I loved seeing Emily yeah. <laughs> back. I, no disrespect to the other artist, or I thought was good also, but. I, I love this artwork, I think it's perfect for this book And I really, I just, I have not, I have only good things to say about it You know, it's not super polished every time, but it doesn't have to be It really shows a lot of motion when it needs to And, you know, definitely it's, uh, it's got an animation to it You know, the line is, is lively as my uh, father would have said many years <laughs> ago uh, What did you think of it, though?
1: Um, I definitely didn't get quite as much out of it as you did. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the story for what it was, uh, which is saying something for itself. Uh, mm-hmm. Where you really don't need to have all of the uh, prior knowledge, though. I'm sure if I did, I would have enjoyed it all the more, because um, I didn't know Nala was anybody. Right. Uh, just like last week when we did Books of Magic, I didn't know Titania was anybody, and that, right, that's right. why that big reveal, that hinged, you know, that hinged on a cliffhanger, right. was just like. Over my head
0: And last week I had forgotten totally Until this I was like oh right there was that whole thing Where Morpheus (laughs) was like dating Nala For a while Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah and I think think that that is Something that was not expressed And maybe uh, is Important to know how big of a character She was that to be talking to her Is like I don't know Going back to talk to you know Somebody very important, you know, <laughs> going just to talk back to Abraham to Lincoln or something.
1: Yeah, this isn't uh, this isn't a stranger. This isn't just yeah a random elf or whatever she is. Yeah. Uh, that would have been nice to know that this is, uh, if it was plainly stated or at least alluded to, that this was something that I should know about, or, or that I would have known about had I followed. But, uh, but yeah, it was the the story was uh, decent enough as it was. Mm. Um, though uh, you know, like I said, I wish I, I wish I did know, so it would have uh, maybe landed a bit uh, a bit better for me.
0: But the story, on its face, between uh, Daniel and Titani- Titania, Titania, uh, is is pretty good. I liked it. I didn't expect the switcheroo at the end. It's not mm. like unbelievable but it's it's okay and it was easy to yeah. understand sure so there was that that going for it um i really enjoyed the heck out of this issue but i know a lot of that had to do with my you know celebration of sandman the series and this conti- sure. this continues to be a really great continuation of that uh original series for if anybody is out there still wondering uh, i would say that you know if you like the original sandman you really got to Check this out, it's got a lot for you And if you didn't, you should go check it out The other series first So anyway, uh, I had a great time With this book, this issue uh, On the site, I gave this an 8.5 Out of 10 And I, I feel good about it What do you think you would have given it in the alternate world Where you reviewed this for the site?
1: I'd probably give it an 8 Alright, uh, if very I, fair Yeah, if I, if I knew more about it If I was more uh, familiar with the lore I'm sure it would have bumped up uh, But as an issue on its own, it was good. It was good. It was better than better than good. But uh, I, I think an eight uh, does it for me.
0: I think an eight is very high praise, especially without having the uh, background stuff. And and the creepy moth continues to be elusive and creepy to both creepy. of us. Yeah. I don't want mm-hmm. you to think that I have some uh, prior knowledge about that. <laughs> doll-faced creepy moth uh but yeah and I like that
1: they actually call it a moth in this issue
0: yeah they do I mean that's basically what its name is for now <laughs> I mean, the, the moth does say I don't have a name you know and all this but uh I'm happy to call creepy moth for now that's fine I think that works that pretty much works what else could it be but uh this you know this continues to be the strongest book of the Sandman universe Absolutely, and uh, frankly, I would, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is a uh, last man standing in some fashion (laughs) down the line. But who knows? I don't know what the... I mean, no one can guess what's going to happen with uh, DC Comics in the near future. But uh, next week, I'm guessing that we're going to have House of Whispers number nine, (laughs) right? Probably. Very likely. Uh, Most likely, we think we will. We don't have it in our hands, but we have no reason... To believe that we won't. So we'll deal with that next week when it shows up. But I think that's all we got from this time. Chris, got anything else for him?
1: No, that'll do it.
0: Well, for the next time, folks, I want you to keep it to dreamy. Yep. <laughs> Science dccomics.com Podcast. Did I get it right that time Chris?
1: I think so, I well, think so My name
0: is Reggie And my and name is Chris. This <laughs> week we have a uh, One book for you, it is House of Whispers number 9 The story is House Rules by Nalo Hopkinson and Dan Waters Dominique Domo-Stanton And John Rauch Now begins the rap battle Between Madame Miseruli and Ananse, The Giant Spider, Prehistoric Spider, and by rap we mean storytelling. Wait, where's every, where's everybody going? Hold on a second. The story just started here. <laughs> so as Ruly begins this little fest telling a story about the first time she visited hell, uh, she was following up on a rumor. And this is where she met a young mazikeen. Oh, is no. Rumor. Yeah, the minute we I saw her, I was like, well, I'll tell you... <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, uh, because of the way she talks, I wasn't wondering who she was, so that was something. True. Uh, that's the woman with half a face whose dialogue frustrates us in the Lucifer comic, <laughs> although she is clearly younger here, for whatever that's worth. Yeah. Uh, and she's Lucifer's concubine or whatever. We don't really know the whole thing there. Basically, she's like Harley Quinn to Lucifer's Joker. You know, 90s Harley mm. Quinn, I would say. So, and, uh, so they, they both follow up on the one rumor that there's a, this uh, tunnel out of hell. Uh, they wander the tunnel. It turns out they're trapped in the belly of a giant worm. It's so gigantic, Chris, it's spelt W-Y-R-M. So you know it's oh. serious. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> it's also apparently a fire-breathing dragon. Whatever, that's fine. Uh, so they can't <laughs> just bust out because the giant worm innards are very tough to hold all that fire. But Madame Azruli has a pack of piranha demons that she bent to her will earlier, and they chomp an exit door out for Mazikeen and Azruli to just walk right out.
1: Yes, and Anansi thinks this story Sucks And he's not wrong wrong Uh, But but his main problem Is that uh, it's about uh, Something that happened in the past So it doesn't necessarily weave It just ends Uh, Maggie and Latoya's ghosts are hanging around For the time being, though, uh we could swear they got sucked back into their bodies last
0: issue, yeah, right? They got caught on the web, and Anansi yeah. said, I don't eat ghosts, I eat stories. And then I thought they got and let go and that they were good. Bada bing, yeah. yeah.
1: So weird. I um, guess now, not. Maggie... <laughs> Maggie notices that the Corinthian is nowhere to be found. And then Anansi turns her attention on Maggie and Latoya. Anansi notes how all of the events in this series have, effected, have affected Latoya's family. Or Maggie's. uh, Frankly, uh, I forgot which is the older one now.
0: Yeah, one of them is the older sister. One of them is the girlfriend. But you know, we we get. Does it matter? Yeah, does (laughs) it matter when you're dead? No, not uh... really. Not at this point.
1: (laughs) Now, especially when her younger sister Habibi, who was possessed by Damballa huh. to defeat Shakpan. I can't believe we're saying these words.
0: I know. Look at this. we become regular Creole, uh, <sighs> you know, magicians. But I, I, she was. <laughs> didn't I didn't do wind know. up yeah. tortured forever by a cruel ghost in some plantation attic. I thought that's how Could that is. Could have sworn. Uh, anyway, by the way, Damballa is that two-headed snake that's also married to Ezruli. Remember, she has three husbands. The Napoleon, Napoleon guy, who's snake? now a boat. Uh, the two-headed god. snake guy And then just kind of like the big tough tribal guy That was just kind of, you know, the most humanoid looking one The dude So uh, Habibi's on a swing And feels like she might have the power of that snake god She flings herself off the swing And is headed for the concrete head first This is per story Ananse's telling, sort of controlling her actions, I guess Then as Ruli calls out to her snake husband Who swoops in and rescues Habibi And this makes Ananse furious Ananse says this move counts as Asrulie's second story. Uh, I gotta say, somehow this contest doesn't <laughs> seem very well regulated. Do you think so, Chris? This is like—I
1: <laughs> don't know if they're keeping track. Is there like a, a blackboard somewhere where they make making Something hash marks? Like, you know I, know I don't know. know.
0: Well, I, you know, I mean, well, th- this is this is like you know, if the Phoenix Suns were to play, uh, you know, the Spurs and the Spurs were like ah. Uh, we want twenty points uh, spotted to us, you know. <laughs> yep. We think that's that's fair here. <laughs> so anyway, uh, for Ananse's second story, she leads Habibi to some stranger by whispering in Dambala's voice. He hands her a book to this stranger and says, "Dambala appeared to him and told him to do so." Then Ananse, as Dambala, leads Habibi under a bridge, powered, populated by homeless people, and this ain't one of those bustling encampments with like a soup kitchen and a post office. Uh, these people look pretty down and out <laughs> under here, let me tell you. They do.
1: Uh, now she finds Maggie and Latoya hanging out by an abutment. Uh, they look really battered and bruised. Uh, Maggie and Latoya don't care, though, because uh, they ain't got no souls. Mm-hmm. Maggie eats an apple core she finds on the ground.
0: Just look to show how gross <laughs> they are, you know, like, <laughs> <Right>. whatever. <laughs>
1: I I, I don't even know if there was a worm in it. Uh, Now, (laughs) Bibi opens the book that the stranger gave her, and she begins to read. And in doing so, she puts the spirits back into Maggie and Latoya, but then everything goes black. Actually, we're not positive which one reading from the book did uh, you know, Putting the souls back or turning out the lights Or you know? both,
0: or neither yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what's happening here, to be honest with you Could have
1: been happenstance, yeah, who knows
0: What, what that book was about really kind of made no sense But uh, back in Annonce's lair, Madame Azruli goes nuts and attacks the spider But she wraps Azruli up in a web field fairly easily uh, Before she gets wrapped up, Azruli tosses a key to that goose man Who is a full-on goose at the moment uh, he flies. He, she tells him to unlock a certain door on that houseboat that is her husband right now. Uh, the goose flaps back. There he finds Uncle Monday in full crock form with his top hat on. Just gotta hang it out on the on the boat. When just Gooseman chill. hits the door, just chilling up. Uh, <laughs> when Gooseman hits the door, now turning into part man. Uh, the Corinthian appears, puts his hand on his shoulder. So Gooseman tosses his key into the open the room of the door that he opened and claims to know nothing about it. Uh, back with Maggie, Toya, and Habibi Turns out they're in the belly of a giant worm Just like in Ezruli's first story But the key that Gooseman tossed has just shown up So, something? Hmm Yeah mm. Um I, I, I Oh, that's the end, by yeah, the way Yeah, that's right, that's the end <laughs> That's the end of the story, sorry, Chris I, uh... <laughs> You were like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I truly don't know what to say, and I don't I don't mean that as a criticism. Even though I will say off the bat, I didn't like this issue, but it's it's not a matter of I don't know where to begin to criticize it. I don't even know what to criticize or what to say about it. You know, like just
1: it's, it defies it defi it defies review.
0: What is happening? You know what I mean? Like, uh, never mind the continuity problems that I think we perceive and. Uh, it's Ruben is is scrutinizing this better than we should than we do and, and should. <laughs> so he he may correct us, but I really don't remember some of these things they're talking about, and I feel like we would have remembered some of this. I could I swear, well, right? you know, the fact that Maggie and Toya got sent back was something where in my mind last issue I kind of checked them off. I was like, all right, well, yep. they closed they closed that storyline but apparently not and apparently it it's going on way longer and okay so <laughs> cool uh you know what what about those followers are they still in the mix uh i you know what yeah. i mean like i'm kind of half curious but at the same time i don't want to know cuz that just it's going to bring more up. story just yeah. more stuff uh <laughs> i hope we don't see more mazakin for god's sake oh god uh there also is chris and let me know if you see this i detect a, like just kind of storytelling issues with this where it's it's I wouldn't call this tough to follow any more so than it is tough to explain how a boat can be a man. Uh, sure. But sometimes I feel like, I mean, maybe this is some of the, my problem is I, I'm just having trouble following panel to panel sometimes. What's happening?
1: Yeah, the uh, linearity is just not there. It's it's
0: it's it's not one of these things where it's you know I've definitely seen worse. You know, uh, we read, sure. we read Young Blood for God's sake, and uh, you know I've read more recent <laughs> comics that were worse where they switch in the middle of a page and stuff, but. Uh, yeah, I really have trouble following what's happening a lot of times in this comic, and uh, I I wouldn't really chalk it to the art, but maybe it has to do with the plotting and the way panels are landing and where they're landing. You know what I mean? Uh, and,
1: and just so much of it is un in- uninteresting.
0: I think so. I it's think, like yeah. there's
1: no incentive to even yeah. weave these uh, webs here. It's just. Uh,
0: Maybe that's what it is. Like I keep seeing things that I'm sort of filing away in. All right, just move on. You know what I mean? And you keep doing that, and now you've filed away two thirds of the story, and you're just <laughs> like, what? What is happening? You know what I mean? Like I. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's not great. Uh, you know, I'm we're really having trouble with this one, folks. I got to say. Um, yeah. what, 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 do you have anything else you want to uh, say about this here issue? You know,
1: it's funny because uh. You think usually when we when you and I distill a story here in a, in like a script form or a bullet point format, it usually clears things up. Yeah. So like if it there's something that lay it out, yeah. For sure, for sure. If it's like if it's something that I'm writing up that 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 even I just wasn't really too uh, too uh, understanding of, it, it you know puts it into perspective here. In doing this with House of Whispers, it's almost like we're writing in a different language.
0: Yeah, it really is. I,
1: I mean, I. It's just like we we're saying like Damballa and and nonsense. It's just there's nothing here but names.
0: There is a lot. There is a lot of actual other language. You're right, but no, uh, yeah, it is. We we just end up saying things like Damballa the Snake God saves Habibi because <laughs> why? That's what Damballa the Snake God does. He's, uh, I guess I don't know. Uh, you know what I mean? Like what the so hell? Weird. Who is he? Yeah. What I is happening? Did... What are, you know what I mean? Like a lot of this it came down to what are the rules, you know? It's like, yeah. as Ruli told the story of going to hell, but Anansi can control the present and also decide when as Rooly can't do Interfer- her thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, not having the souls means that Latoya and Maggie are okay with being homeless? Like, what? where did that come into? I never thought that would heard that was a thing, but okay. Yeah, uh, so weird. A lot of it is just like, well, I, I'm just not understanding so much of what's happening, and... Uh, That's a persistent problem. On the site, uh, I gave this a 5.8 out of 10 because I I just... You see, whenever you see a, a score like that, you know there was a struggle with scoring, you know. And it's like I, I, I don't think this this comic is total garbage, but at the same time, I can't see the merit of it, nor would I recommend it to anybody. You know what even, I mean? It, even in collected, even in collected format. I, I mean, don't think it's going to make any more sense. No, I no. Don't. Unless they edit not. it heavily, you know, do something.
1: Uh, Maybe. So
0: yeah. yeah, I mean, I uh, to be honest, I I would really go lower in a way, but on the other hand. Yeah. Well, the art isn't that bad, uh, and there are elements of it I think are okay. But I don't know what what would you give it in the alternate universe that you reviewed this here, Chris? I
1: I probably go five five. Yeah. yeah, it's you know it's it doesn't warrant you know the five But uh, yeah, I, I certainly didn't enjoy it, and uh, I I generally complain about getting through books too quickly. This one wouldn't end This one refused This
0: one was a tough to one <laughs>
1: and, uh, and, you know, it would have been great if it were interesting But I, I'm not finding I'm not finding an ounce of this interesting Is the problem
0: Well, you know we, I, oh, Go ahead, I'm okay. sorry
1: I was going to say, I just don't know how much longer they'll be able to keep this up With, you know, it's like It's like if you hop on, like, an actual treadmill And they have, like, those, uh those little uh, programs on there. It's like you have the high intensity and you have like the regular one, the endurance one. Mm. This feels like an endurance one where it's just, it's very low and steady and there's like no end in sight. Yeah. It's, it's just like, what are we even doing here? Well, there's nothing
0: we that's think going there on. may be an end in sight mm. for this one. Possibly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just really, this really does. You mentioned it and it feels like this is winding down. Uh, we're we're going to have, you know, a whole big. Uh, The whole cast of characters is going to get their chance to have a bow, and then who knows, it'll end with Menem is really joining the Justice League or whatever, and that'll be fine. There we go. So uh, (laughs) uh, next week, what do we got coming up?
1: We got Lucifer, number eight, and uh, we've uh, we've enjoyed Lucifer of, uh, over the past few months. So uh, yeah, over the thing.
0: past two, it's it's gone. Yeah. Ever since there was that big info dump issue that explained what was happening.
1: Yeah, like issue which, five or so. Which maybe yeah.
0: this could use could have used something like that, or could still use <laughs> something like that. I mean, really, you know, I was going to say this this might have been a good chance if they're telling these stories to each other, they each could have told stories that flesh in. Some of the background on this stuff, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you know, tell us, like, how did Dambala marry Ruli? That would be an interesting story. That might, you know, for sure explain the importance of who the hell he is. But anyway,
1: that You're didn't saving happen that for the annual. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> yeah, we got we got more to come. So, uh, you know, I don't want to put a I don't want to as my uh, sainted uncle to say, put a canary on it. That's the way he used to put jinxing. If you're jinxing <laughs> something, don't put a canary on it, so well, I'm not going to do that. Uh, but next week we've got Lucifer number 8, so and we definitely do have it, so mm-hmm. uh, we'll be back for that. So I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. Got anything else for him? Nah, it'll do it. Well, until next time, folks, I want you to keep it dreamy. See ya back. Segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And this week we have Lucy, don't we?
1: We do. And it is a fine day for a black mass, which, hey. uh, as luck would have it, is the title of the book we're reading today. And it was by Dan Waters, Aaron Campbell, and the Fiumaras. And uh, we open this issue on that exile island uh, Where, if you remember, Sycorax and company were left Because they thought they'd be safe there from the eyes of the angels That kept popping up and looking down at them And uh, they find that uh, while they're away from the angels They were not exactly hidden from the senses of, uh, well, a whole bunch of witches And uh, they come, they come by boat, by broom, by teacup And even by chicken-legged cottage And
0: uh, every kind so. of vehicle, you know,
1: every kind of way, yes. <laughs> uh, and they've come to pay tribute, uh, to Sycorax and to inform her that they, in fact, were responsible for her resurrection. Now, Thessaly, who's a character that I only know as being sandmanish, sandman-ish in origin, yeah, I think
0: she is from Greek myth, I'm pretty sure, but sure, yeah, it surprise me, it wouldn't
1: surprise me. But she approached. Reveals to Sycorax that each of the witches Gave a part of themselves in order to bring her back uh, Thessaly herself gave I think A pair of fingers Yeah. Um, now uh, Sycorax denies this And she thinks Lucifer was solely responsible For her being back but Thessaly is able To convince her probably by showing her Her stump of a hand mm-hmm. Um and together they talk about holding a Sabbath on this day, and uh, they said it would be really cool if Sycorax would lead the proceedings.
0: Yeah, they are really like groupies about it, too. They're just like, you know, it would be are, really yeah. nice if you could do this. Uh, yeah. I also like how Sycorax is like, what, do you want your fingers back? I can give them back. And <laughs> Thessaly's yeah. like, I but, could do that myself. Well, why didn't you? I've like, been around a 1,000 years. I've yeah. lost fingers. Go ahead, then. Why, what, what, what are you <laughs> waiting for? So anyway, uh, Caliban draws out that moon shard thing that he has And carves way out of there without anyone noticing Just kind of bloops through the uh, portal We join him in, maybe in Italy, in the Vatican, possibly it's Some ornate cathedral, definitely a house of God uh, And I would definitely say it, it seems European uh, yeah. He confronts a priest, they debate about faith for a bit Caliban, he ain't much of a fan of God. He finds him rather cruel, considering he did cast his father out of heaven. Hmm. And uh, (laughs) considering the life in the face this guy's got, I guess we can kind of see where he's coming from about what he says about God. Uh, After the priest scurries away, Caliban sees Deary. That's that little cherub from last issue. Or maybe it was the one before that. But this is the sort of the emissary of heaven, in a way, that we've seen a lot of uh, what I think we're supposed to be Taking that as this Deary mm. cherub, uh, either way, it was that cherub that showed up at Decker's hotel room and pricked his finger. It's the same, same one. So Deary brings Caliban before Raguel, and that's that angel Lucifer spoke with last issue, or it, it could have been the one. I think it was last issue. <laughs> <could've been. clears throat> uh, you're asking here, and I'm, I don't, I don't think so. I think it was last issue. I'm pretty sure. Okay, Caliban is overcome by the beauty of heaven. But it's short-lived. Raguel has summoned them there for a purpose, to act as a double agent of sort, to appear as though he's on Lucifer's side in this mess while acting in Raguel's interest. Uh, Raguel, Raguel, that's fine. Uh, Sure. Worth noting, Deary moans hurting, hurting during this bit
1: hmm Now, speaking of Lucifer, what's he been up to? Well, he's currently passing through the trials of Anubis, the final one being having his heart weighed against a feather. And it's like uh, like the justice scales, you know, with the right. feathers on one side and uh, the heart on the other. And this is the feather of Mott, or mate. Mott. Um, either way, it's, a, it's an ostrich feather that's said to represent truth. It's held by Mott, the goddess of truth and justice. Now, the gimmick of this is, if Lucifer's heart doesn't equal the weight of this feather... He'll be fed to Ammit, the devourer of the dead. It's really just an alligator. Um, Nothing really special about him. he well, of a, kind he has of a, a name. large alligator,
0: though, right? <laughs> he's, know, a, it's a little, he's a hefty big. alligator. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now, uh, Lucifer's heart passes the trial, so he's allowed in. He passes right into the underworld, where he is greeted by Osiris and Iris. And we're thinking it's probably not those uh, Shazam-adjacent no.
0: ones. No, these would be the original characters. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now they welcome him inside to share a meal Which they share with a few uh, Cat and bird headed gods uh, Maybe a snake too I So saw it was, a It's a busy room mm-hmm. yeah, there, were, a busy there were
0: room. There a lot of animal heads in there uh, Definitely looked like ancient Egyptian Godery was going <laughs> yes. on So uh, that was that was fine Back on Exile which I, And to be honest that was the scenes I really enjoyed his interactions We'll, we'll talk about that uh, afterward yeah. though Back on Exile Island Mazikeen is sewing up her face uh, which one would hope would make her more compelling to listen to or read? Uh, mm. I really hope. She's yeah. interrupted by a horned hawk guy with a shovel. They talk. Not that we understand or care about Mazzakeen's half of the conversation, but the gist of it is that the Gately House Coven has rematerialized. Which, search us, that could be a good or a bad thing. I don't really don't know. Remember or know what they what their purpose was. Uh, Mazikeen then learns that Cigarettes was about to board a boat with the other witches, which would be a bad thing because then heaven, the eyes of heaven, would be up upon her. No, yeah. They're trying to uh, keep her hidden. <laughs> I do like that she's just like, "What? We're going, to, we're going to Seven Eleven, you know, like whatever." Uh Mazikeen dashes down to the beach to stop her, but the dialogue is too gassy to follow. I couldn't tell you whether she succeeds or not, but she does just walk away. Yeah. Uh, she sort of makes, I think, cigarettes. Realize what a uh, willful goddess witch she's being. But Maybe yeah, she like she like jams her sword into the beach. Like she walks away. Yeah, she's just like you know uh, something about Caliban. I can't remember. But anyway,
1: yeah, we hop back into the underworld, and Lucifer is digging in, and it looks like um looks like he's eating clumps of rotten maggots meat, maggots, and it's everything. Uh, <laughs> it's disgusting. Yeah, uh, dinner is interrupted by a happening back at Anubis's place. Turns out. Taliban has followed his father here and he's and at the S trial, turns out his heart outweighed the feather. And so he's wrestling with Amet the alligator and he actually winds up killing the thing. He yeah. tears it to bits. Ripping its so, head
0: uh, head open by the jaws.
1: Yes, Without without much effort either, either. No. Uh, now Lucifer stops the underworlders from murdering his boy, and they ultimately get back to having dinner. Until Caliban excuses himself to pee, which uh, I guess he was going to do in the hallway outside the dining room. Which I
0: mean, it's kind of gross. (laughs) It's the kind of place wherever there's a (laughs) trench. You know what I mean? Uh, While away, (laughs) Caliban overhears a discussion between Osiris and Isis. They speak of an opportunity they have. Looks like they are going to try and kill Lucifer.
1: You can kill people in the underworld
0: uh people and alligators apparently it's just like uh oh, yeah. the overworld so that's nice uh we finally get the reason for lucifer's visit he asked osiris for a favor for sycorax to spend her afterlife in their underworld in the uh ancient egyptian world of whatever these guys yeah osiris pleads poverty says he doesn't have a place for her you know no one's really worshiping the old gods so he needs uh Whatever that to get along And he produces an adder Which bites Lucifer on the hand Lucifer doesn't take kindly to that And knocks Osiris on his ass Then he mounts Osiris And proceeds to press his pointy fingernails Into Osiris's flesh All the while Osiris is begging for mercy
1: And we wrap up this issue Back with our good friend Mazakine, Who by now has sewn herself A brand new face Unfortunately before she can actually try it on She is whacked in the head with a shovel And it's that horned hawk guy and a cat woman, a cat-headed woman, and uh, they are both moaning, herding.
0: What's that about? Connective tissue. That's the connective part of the story, from (laughs) the cherub to the uh, hawk-headed and cat-headed people. So um, I think I definitely would have liked this a lot more if it didn't have that much Mazakine, Chris. I think oh, a hundred percent. Definitely would have would have uh, <laughs> raised my impression of it. Uh, I did like a lot in this story personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked the interaction between Lucifer and the old Egyptian gods. He's very uh, backhanded compliment kind of, you know, very like sure. so like slimy, gracious, and that's kind of the character that he is, and he plays best that way. I like the concept of a dying, uh, you know, ancient faith, Egyptian god's yeah. faith, exactly, and, you know, what they what they deal with. That's a very Neil Gaiman type of theme, concept, also, you know. very much. Uh, didn't really care about the other stuff. That was the other yeah. thing. Uh, what, was, what was your take on it?
1: Well, I, I do like the—there's uh, th- a little bit of connective tissue. We have the uh, the whole cherub and the— Beasts at the end with the same spiel And then uh, the idea of a faith fading away uh, Coming at the end of an issue Where Caliban talked to that priest about When exactly faith stops being faith You know, when you're certain in your faith It's no longer faith You know, because you don't have faith in it anymore It's just something that is Right And uh, I like that that I'm not sure if that was what we're supposed to get out of this But I I did take that from this And I thought that was a pretty neat way to do it Uh, The stuff on the island Take or leave it, I guess um, Maybe if I had more of a uh, Understanding of what or who Thessaly was, the only thing I knew is that I saw her name like is in miniseries Back in the
0: 90s Yeah. So it's like, okay, well that's somebody uh, uh, Somebody I should I'm trying to think, we could look it up She, I believe she was uh, In the Odyssey And I believe she's okay. on one of the islands But I don't remember if she was a siren Or what the deal was hmm. Um but anyway, I'm not looking it up now. But, you're, but you, know, <laughs> but you know, but, but you get you get the that point she's that she's there. a witch, and you know she yeah uh, for sure she did all that. You know, and like and, and that aspect was cool. Although uh the witches just like supplicating themselves before her, it's a sort of a relationship I didn't really understand. But you know, I could accept mm-hmm. it on face value. Just hated that masochine stuff, and it just seemed like everyone was standing around talking. Uh, too
1: much almost- as in, and like the first few times we met Mazikeen, she'd only have a couple of, a couple of lines. Yeah, and they were, and they were written in such a way where. It was a pain in the ass, but you could still kind of get the
0: gist of it here. I was blurred over by like the third word. It was just just, like every single word conversation with this guy, and like like if he responded in context to explain what she said, that'd be one thing. But they don't. He just you know, it's like it's like Chewbacca and Han Solo. You know what I mean? Where it's just like I hear you, Chewie. It's like (laughs) wow, we didn't. Uh, like
1: if if one of if somebody was to transcribe the words that we say phonetically, like uh, some words would have an accent, not every single word. Right. Because with Mazakin here, I don't know if there was a single word that wasn't written with an impediment. They and, they and it's just argue, like there's yeah. there's too much. It's it is too damn much. Yeah, this yeah, isn't it, like Rogue or Gambit talking. This is like full blown <laughs> different language.
0: Yeah. No, I I do hear what you're saying though. It's one thing to like drop the G. Or sure. to uh, you know put a little sugar, you know, yeah, sugar on it, you know, and uh, even that can you know you, you, you walk a fine line. Uh, readability is the key to the whole thing, folks. If you can't read the comic, then <laughs> you, you really can't, you know what I mean. And that, and that goes both for you know. Uh, layout plotting between panels to make sure that you know the, that the action between panels makes sense, but also just flat out writing. If you can't read it, then what is it? What the damn use of the thing? Yeah, you uh, might as well just have dots. Just, know? just whatever. Just draw a nice picture and sell that as a print. Uh, <laughs> what did you give this thing on the site?
1: Um, you know, I feel like uh, some of those cracks from the earlier issues, the first few issues, are starting to maybe pop up a little bit. It's this is still infinitely more readable than those for. Minus the Mazakine bits. Yeah. But uh, I feel like some of the uh, some of the little uh, challenges that the book faced early on are starting to rear their head again. So I dropped my score. I think I gave the last one like an eight or an eight point five. Uh, I'm taking this one back down to a seven.
0: Yeah, I think I would come in at a seven also, but I actually might have pumped it up a full half a point if I could understand mm-hmm. what the whole masaquin was talking about.
1: Very true. Uh,
0: that Very really true. did. That really just bothers me. Where it's just like you can't have this much dialogue coming from someone that's going to talk like this, you know? Especially uh,
1: when she's the cliffhanger. You know, it's like her, the whole the 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 reason to pick up the next book is hinging on a cliffhanger, starring a person we don't understand. We don't know what her motivation is. We don't know where. We don't know anything that happened on the island that concerned her other than she sewed a, a new face for herself.
0: I don't think it's been made clear in Lucifer that she is basically Lucifer's like, like I said, Harley Quinn second, or concubine, yeah. you know what I mean? Or his, uh, second in command it's would be Gal pushing Friday, it, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, Gal Friday is going good way to put it, uh, <laughs> in a cruel cruel workplace. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, we don't even really know that. We just know that she hangs out with Caliban no. and she wants, you know, obviously wants to get Lucifer, but we don't know we'll know the deal so. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit disappointing, but I think this is still fairly solid It had enough elements to mm. keep keep you hooked in if you're already there. Sure. I don't know what I don't know why anyone would jump on the book at issue 8 That would be a, <laughs> oh, would be a very imagine? strange thing to do, but if you did, I imagine you would never come back to read it ever again. So uh, thanks for stopping in And uh, we'll see you on <laughs> another comic uh, What do we got next week?
1: We got Books of Magic number 8 And
0: uh, I'm trying to even remember where we left off with that uh, <laughs> They were in Elfland, no? They're fairy, they were not fairy, fairy, that's fairy right. And they, they were just in the put in front fairy.
1: Of uh, What's-Her-Face the Witch Or What's-Her-Face the Queen <laughs> I can't don't remember a name. Tabitha, but yeah, they, it. something like that. Yeah, we'll call her that. Yeah, she'll be fine. But uh, yeah, there we get the inclination that Tim has been there a time or two before, and he cannot remember but that. He so can't uh, remember, yeah. So that's uh, that's where we'll pick up next week with uh the eighth issue of Books of Magic.
0: Well, that sounds good to me. But I think that's all we got from this week. Anything else for him? That'll do it. Well, until next time, folks. I want you to keep it
1: dreamy. A magazine ad featuring ruggedly handsome and raw people saying that love is the law that we're all equal is really selling a scent containing a
0: strange animal gland secretion, or a chemical, chemical frequently, frequently named as the cancer-causing agent, you can dance and be vacant, you can bitch about television with shitty stations, you think the answer is to kill my TV, I'll blow your microwave up, it doesn't play DVDs or video cassette tapes of inspiring film. it violently rearranges food molecules and kills nutritional content, traditional heating, keeps a modern man's logic from rotting during a power meeting. Moderate well-being just isn't adequate. I must be equipped for no matter how bad it gets. Ambivalent sometimes, but diligently soldering together the suit of armor I dream of modeling. Nobody tries to avenge.